0: They burn it down Better dig deep Put them in the ground But on their hands They're hell bound Save
1: us all Down. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Step Fashion Law podcast. And as you know, kids are heading back to school. As a matter of fact, I was out running in the early mornings and uh, almost got taken out by a school bus. They're coming around the corner a little bit too fast in my neighborhood. So I do realize the school's back in session. So we want to talk about what's going on in our school's. What has changed from the lessons learned that we have seen recently? uh, What's happening as far as some of these really nefarious uh, things that are going on in the indoctrination, not the education of our children? And so I'm joined by Lynn Davenport, and Lynn is an education researcher and host of the Social Impact Podcast on the OBBM Network. Lynn worked for Arthur Anderson as a recruiting manager for their global IT services and business consulting practice before staying home with her three children. Through her education advocacy, she has evolved into a public speaker on experimental educational technologies, digital twining, twinning web three metaverse blockchain data harvesting data privacy and social impact investing lynn advocates for the return to a classical education model with time-tested teaching and learning strategies lynn thank you for being here with us on the step thank you for having me so we we how are we doing here in the state of texas how are we doing nationally When we talk about this cultural Marxism, we talk about this critical race theory, the social emotional learning, all of these things. Are we winning? Are we getting better? Where are we right now?
0: We're about a hundred years behind on being aware of what's really happening in the schools. But I would say through the pandemic, the one good thing that really happened was parents woke up and they, they saw what their kids were mm-hmm. learning or what they weren't learning and what they didn't know. They realized, I mean, I have a friend who has six kids. She realized her honors kids, that they couldn't some of them couldn't read or were not reading on grade level they could read but they're not where they should be and so it did wake parents up and they started paying attention to what's happening with the curriculum what's happening at the school board level they're showing up and the school districts don't like it in fact they tried Mm -hmm. to segregate us and at richardson isd they put the unmasked people in the back corner and they set up a separate mic for us and then those who were masked could sit up at the front and and really participate. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, it, so we're at war right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the amazing thing then, where do you see the, the best way to assault this, this problem? I mean, do we need more people running for school board and getting on a school board? What do we need to do as far as here in Texas with the, uh, the Texas, uh, board of education? How do we change the curriculum? What do we need to do?
0: Right. Well, so I think everything's local and I really don't pay a whole lot of attention to what's happening at the, the national level and really at the federal level i'd like to see us detach from the federal department of education federal government
1: doesn't have any jurisdiction in education right no
0: constitutional justification for the department of education now why trump didn't do that while he was in office i don't know because i told him to his face at a rally in austin i said in the department of education kill common core what did he do he only expanded it when he had betsy devos there so that was a frustration that i saw but um I, i but, but participating at the local level, I always say that government is run by those who show up, mm-hmm. and who's showing up at the local level? The the people on the left yes. and the activists and the the change agents, and so we need really. Conservatives have kind of um, for for years they've mm-hmm. abandoned these local, uh, you know, the the city government, the school districts. They they don't really want to to. Get their feet yeah. dirty, you know, their hands dirty, and so that. So I tell people, show up, and once you start showing up, I don't watch TV. And I, I mean, this is. This is like the political theater that's happening at the school districts and the school board level. That is, it's fascinating to watch. So once you start showing up and you pay attention to the agenda items, these are, these things are very simple to do. You, you pay attention to the agenda items, you follow the money, then that tells the story. Then you start figuring out who works at these companies that are getting these big contracts mm-hmm. through local government. Uh, and I've, I'm a twice failed candidate for school board and for the college board. I just ran for that, a seat on the dallas county community college board because i saw all the money flowing through those entities and they're building buildings while enrollment is down it makes no sense so i just i go in there and i tell what's happening and and uh, expose the contracts that are happening pull open records requests um, and, and speak. Give your mm-hmm. three minutes. And they're not listening. I don't go there to talk to them because they're not listening to me. Yeah. I use it to splice out that three minutes and then I share it with the, those who are paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I, I just grow it from there and just get people to understand the language because all of that's been co-opted. Yeah. When they say, like you were talking about equity on the, the previous, uh, what you and I would think of equity, that's not what they mean. They co-opt yeah. all the language. Yeah,
1: I, I believe in equality of opportunity and I think that's yeah. what a good quality education affords you to be able to do, equity means equality of outcomes. And and that's what they seek to do. And and we've got to stop that. I mean, when you look at what is happening in our schools, you can't have valedictorians, you can't have salutatorians, everyone's supposed to be just the same. Next thing you know, you're going to have the little red book. So I think things are changing. And the reason why I think things are changing, when Terry McAuliffe was on that debate stage in Virginia, and he said that parents don't have a right to decide what their children are being taught, I think that woke up. A lot of people who previously would not care and all of a sudden, you know, the the people showed up at the school board meetings and and to the point where the uh, Department of Justice wanted to declare people domestic terrorists for standing up and speaking up for the children. So but how do we empower people? How do we better educate the parents to be able to really understand what is happening with their children in these schools?
0: Well, some of the parents who I've found to be the most educated and the most knowledgeable about their rights are parents with special needs children, because they're dealing with something on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. This isn't just, you know, one, you know, acute issue. This is something that is, is they're, they're constantly dealing with. So they're having to advocate on a weekly, monthly, daily level. And so um, understanding your rights and and a, a big, I'm a big proponent of preserving parental rights. And and a lot of people talk about parent empowerment and they use a lot of language, even with the school choice movement is, but we already have these rights that are given to us by God. And we have rights that are in the, the laws in the Texas education code. We have so many excellent laws and 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 um, even policies that protect us but i think most people just don't take the time to to read those and figure out what are my rights Mm -hmm. and then exercise them we're trying to come up um, with some strategies to teach parents how just i say we so i've got um, i don't know if you know mary lowe but we've been working to um to help parents understand the grievance process in school districts and using the law to fight the lawlessness that is happening in the schools and really advocate on behalf of our kids and uh, force the districts to do their jobs and do what they're they're either elected to do or hired to do and they're they're using our tax dollars to fight against us Mm -hmm. i found that with the i really would like to see the the TASA and TASB lobbies, which are the school administrators yes. and the school boards. Yep. That was never, I mean, Alice Linehan and I, Texas
1: uh, association of school boards. Yeah, We've been talking about this
0: for years yes. to defund TASA and TASB, but people will just kind of look at you like what now people that's mainstream. I mean, they, people now understand what the school board association is because yeah. we heard about the NASB at the national level calling us. The you know, terrorists yeah,
1: onto that letter. And,
0: uh, yeah, exactly. So the pressure is on, they're feeling the heat. But I would like to see uh, uh, some sort of audit. And uh, I know we need to audit the TEA, the Texas Education Agency, because there's so much money that's being funneled. Good point.
1: Good transition. So I just made you the head of the Texas Educators Association, TEA. What are some of the things that you would change there?
0: Yeah, well, um, so I would cut all federal ties and people go, no, we can't do that because we rely on that money. But with that money, that comes all kinds of strings. Mm -hmm. Then you have to hire all these people that that they're basically hired in order to report on themselves on money that we don't. We really we could we could sustain ourselves on the, the money that we have through our property taxes that fund our schools, it is enough because there's so much graft. There's so much fraud, waste, and abuse. If I mean, like through the TEA, there's a contract for, uh, it's uh, through Amplify, $50 million. No one's watching this. No one's minding the till. Governor Abbott appointed Mike Morath to the TEA, and he's gone unchecked. He does no-bid sole source contracts. He ha- he steers contracts to his buddies. They and have that, that's data. illegal. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. And he's been busted once for a really big one, a big data mining scam handle, but he gets his hand slapped and he's still in that position. It's an appointed Mm -hmm. position. But if I was in there and I would actually, and I told you this uh, months ago when you were running Mm -hmm. for uh, governor, I said, uh, no, I'm actually not qualified. I would, I know people who are qualified and people who would, who want to return to a classical education, those who are trained educators, those who understand what kids really need, because all of that is, Mm -hmm. has been proven. We, we all already know what kids need and how they learn mm-hmm. to read, but you can't make money on old reading strategies. You can't make money on old math strategies. So what do they do? They trick it up and they they, um, they introduce some new tricked up model and then the, the you know the contracts are steered to whoever has the the latest mm-hmm. and greatest all the fads and trends. Um, we don't need those things, but
1: yet our kids are not reading at grade level. No. Uh, they're not able to perform, you know, the science and the math, but no. th- they're good at, you know, understanding that I need to be a different gender or, or, or what have you. Right. Let's talk about this data mining thing that's going on in our schools. How dangerous is this?
0: Well, most people would say, and I get this from dads a lot. It's like, well, I don't have anything to hide. I don't, I mean, they can have my data, whatever. And and the thing about where, you know, that's an adult that you're talking about, but with kids. So education is the most data mineable industry because if you think about the, the, the things that kids learn throughout the day and all of the the new experiences they have, well, if the if they're on devices the most of the school day, all of that data that's all collected, mm. and while it might not be um, used and 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 um, pieced together just yet, there are plans for longitudinal data uh, systems that will be able to piece that. to the interoperability is the term. And so all of that is being harvested and collected on children. Texas has mined more student data than any other state. And so when you think about the data centers and the fusion centers Mm -hmm. and all of this information, we're, we are, you have people who make money along the way for all these technology programs Mm -hmm. and systems that they're, they're putting in the schools, but then you have those who are, are, collecting that data for future use, that we're not even there yet. So that you've heard of the metaverse that's Mm -hmm. being created. And I noticed on your previous segment, you were talking about what's happening with the infrastructure and transportation. And actually, um, I I did a a show on an, it was an aviation expert who had written his capstone project about the fourth industrial revolution Mm -hmm. and how we're moving to pilotless, aircraft they're working on that and you were talking about the truckers they don't want human truckers they want they want um,
1: yeah the autonomous autonomous trucks. vehicles yeah.
0: exactly and so uh, and then you think about all these people that will be out of work the future of work is something we really that's being pushed on and imposed upon us but it's not something that we really want uh, tons of people millions of people with no purpose mm-hmm. and no uh, you know, then they want us to go into the metaverse and live in this virtual reality mm-hmm. because the, the real world will be so miserable that we'll be. Sounds escaping. like the matrix. Yeah. It, I, you mean, know, it I is. don't want to
1: live in the matrix. I want to live in the real world. And, much- the
0: twinning thing i, I think that's yeah. an important thing yeah. to mention is because that the, so all of this information is being collected on everyone and so with the kids they want womb to tomb access to all of that information track them from birth through the workforce from cradle to career there are all these terms pre-k to gray i mean those are all real issues that people can't you can't necessarily see what they're planning unless you study what they put out there yeah. and they that could be unesco Uh, which is part of the UN that could be the uh, with Klaus Schwab and the world economic forum. That could be just your state, you know, agency your local education agency. Uh, So they're all part of this, but there's different pieces that will come together and it's building our digital twin. We have our virtual selves and our, our real selves. And it's, it's frightening really.
1: Well, it's amazing because education seems to be more about form than function. Uh, We are not creating those young people with critical thinking skills, Mm -hmm. uh, with productive skills to be able to go out in society. I mean, we just want everyone to go to college. And, of course, at the college and university campus, they're going to continue the indoctrination. That's right. Uh, And and so I think that you're right. We've got to get back to that classical education that teaches them the basics. And when I see people to say that math is racist, really? Yeah. Two plus two equals four. And and me saying two, or you saying two plus doesn't make you a racist. Doesn't make me a black face of white supremacy. But I do not want an engineer building a bridge that thinks two plus two equals six. I I don't want to go over that bridge. People die in
0: in those situations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right formula, right. And, And so I'm very concerned with all of these different formulas and this Common Core and everything. It says it's okay if you don't come up with the right thing. Just show us the process that you have, because there are objective truths. In the world. Right. And when we start to go down this path of you can make up whatever truth, you can make up whatever math equation that you want, that's a very dangerous road that we're on.
0: Well, and that's why, so I, I talk a lot about not so much critical race theory because critical race theory is in the schools. They will use deceptive semantics saying, well, it's not in the schools. We don't teach critical yeah. race theory here. But what they do is like in Dallas ISD, they say, literally it says on their racial equity page, their racial equity office, it says they are doing critical race theory through the medium of courageous conversations and so you can insert any school district you can insert it usually starts with a c a double C. I know at South Lake it was C Cap. That's what yeah, cultural competency
1: action plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's two two C's, and in Richardson ISD it is uh, so let's see, connecting cultures. But in Dallas ISD it's courageous conversations. So it is critical race theory. It's just they rebrand it mm-hmm. and they just give it a you know a different a different uh, name, just like they did with Common Core in mm-hmm. Texas. We did say yes to Common Core. Uh, when people tell you we said no, but but they just rebranded it and they call it College and Career Ready Stand. Standards. But what I focus on more, because I've I've seen this in the schools longer, is the social emotional learning, mm-hmm. and that is really just uh, I mean it it is it absolutely is indoctrination, and it is it's there to and people will say no it's there to to um, just address you know if you're feeling bad that day or if you're having some emotional issues or if I'm feeling bad to, yeah. I go see the school nurse or to teach you well yeah yeah or to teach you uh, how to you know share and put your you know don't touch your neighbor and and all those things those are things that teachers have taught since the beginning of time yeah. but what what the social emotional learning the the issue is that it's really there to shift the the child's worldview it changes the lens with which or through which they look at the world and um, they do do use things like equity and diversity Mm. inclusion those words that which you know inherently those are not bad words but the way they're used to manipulate a child and it does shift away from academics and and academic knowledge which if you look the proof is in the pudding the kids aren't learning the most basic things you mentioned you know reading they're not more than half of our kids can't read on grade level or they can't but they don't because they haven't been taught and and um and then math i mean they don't know their math facts just basic things but the commissioner at the TEA and all of our uh, local school districts, they look at technology as the solution, and it's not. It, and these are all experimental things that now we can say, look, we can prove that it's not working. Yeah. We've spent millions of dollars. This is where our bond dollars can go because you know how yeah. bonds, oh, well, yeah, you know, some yeah. they have different buckets. And, and um, technology and buildings, mm-hmm. they can just continue to revolve that, that debt just – it's, it's ongoing.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people, and this goes back to the Eisenhower administration, they talked about the military-industrial complex. I think there's an educational-industrial complex. Oh,
0: there absolutely is. Yeah. And And I, I, I talk a lot about these nonprofits because philanthropy really is the gateway to power, and that is how a lot of these things come in. is Bill Gates. through Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's given millions to educate, given, you know. Thanks so much, Bill. But he, he gives, but with strings. So he, mm-hmm. does, he doesn't He does give directly to the schools. He goes through Educate Texas, which, you know, they have a huge contract with the TEA. So these are, are entities that, that most people, they're shadowy. They're sort of behind the scenes. Um, the educate Texas is an arm of communities foundation of Texas. Mm -hmm. So philanthropy is a way for these, uh, these, you know, mostly oligarchs and wealthy people to dangle the money carrot. And then the school districts, you can make them do almost anything if you dangle the money carrot. It's amazing what they will do. They'll do anything you say. And so that's why I say, get rid of the federal strings. And very few legislators understand this. And you know and, and I talk a lot about solutions on the podcast that I do. Uh, we you know we we gripe and moan about the the things that are wrong For What's the, the
1: one reason. golden nugget that you would share with parents right now on this podcast? What would you like to see parents do?
0: I, I would say just um, first and foremost, just make sure that you know what your kids are learning, how they're learning. And then if you don't understand what that is, you know, just start following the money. And, yeah. and, and this is private, public, homeschool. They're all vulnerable and they're all a target for this indoctrination. And parents think, well, if I pay for it, the private school must mm. be must be better. But actually, you're, you're just paying for a lot of, the, of what you're getting the in the thing. public schools for free. And so I found that a lot of public school parents actually are more, vi- they are a little bit more uh, aware. I mean, I've, I always knew that this was a risk putting my kids in the government school. Yeah. But it was a decision that we made for, for many reasons. I would not, um, I would not recommend now if I was starting over or, or, you know, a young parent, I would say, don't put your kids in the public schools, yeah. but I knew going into the, that this could be a problem. I've always had an awareness, uh, you know, from, uh, um, you know, 20 years ago when I started, my kids are grown now, but, um, Yeah, I would say just, you know, draw a circle around yourself and your family and your own kids. And then, you know, and what I do uh, is not just my own kids, but and is just advocate for other kids Mm -hmm. who whose parents may not even know about this. So I try and just share as much information as I can. Mm -hmm. But yeah, protect your own kids and um, follow the money.
1: So how can people follow the great work that you're doing and uh, receive a call to action? And know exactly what is needed to protect our children and their education.
0: Uh, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Lynn S. Davenport. Uh, Social Impact Podcast is mm-hmm. uh, what you mentioned earlier on the OBBM network. And uh, uh, me.com is my email.
1: Well, Awesome. Lynn Davenport, thank you so much for what thank you're you. doing. Because sure. I think that education is the new civil rights uh, issue for our it children is. today.
0: It is the most important issue right now.
1: It is. God bless you. And thank you for being with us. Thanks so very much for tuning in to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Lynn Davenport, from right here in Dallas, Texas. coming on and talking about some of her concerns when you look at education, we got to continue to fight for education freedom of our children and our grandchildren. This is without a doubt the civil rights issue of our generation because without a good quality education, it limits their opportunities to enjoy the freedoms in this great nation. So if you like what you have seen and what you have heard on this podcast, please click that like button and that share button to others. And we'll see you next time. God be with you and God bless you. Before they burn it down.